Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Sorry. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. <laughs> this is what happens when you talk at the beginning before the intro goes live. Ryan hit the microphone, looked at me, and I just waited there. But anyway, here's who we got in the house. We got Will Meadows. Sarah Meadows. Melissa Delp. Kevin Delp. Ryan Pills. And Psychic Larry. In the house. See, just like I told you, we're all here, we're ready to go, and it's going to be another exciting episode. Thank you guys for tuning in, especially to our last episode, 250. It's a little hard to believe, but we're here now, we're ready to head on out into the broader horizons of the future and figure out what we're doing on the show. We're, uh, we were just talking about some of the things that we were like, do we keep this segment? Do we add more? Do we change something? We'll find out. You'll find out with us. It'll be great. You're going to love it. Let's get started, as we always do, though, by just chatting about some of the games that we've had an opportunity to get onto the table recently. What are some of the games you guys have been playing? What do you got out there? Katie and I just did a video for Zhang Guo. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. What was that again? <laughs> I was really confident about it, but uh, I, we were talking, and someone was like, it's actually Zhongu or something. <laughs> Sounds right. Z A N G U O or something like that? Yeah, Z A N G H A O or U O. I don't know. Anyway, tell uh, us about the game. It's based <laughs> off of um, the like original Chinese emperor, like the beginning of the. You know that Qin guy. Dynasty or the Qin Dynasty, uh, and his different escapades in like writing new laws and monetary system and um, literature, I guess, and like pursuing some sort of elixir of youth. So there's all these different things that you're trying to do to accomplish his goals and gain his favor. And there's multiple. Uh, paths to victory points but they kind of all intertie together so we played it it is a long game mm. and at the end of it uh it was actually a really close score i think katie won by three points she had cheated um Way to go, katie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was it was good but also <laughs> we need to play it like several more times to actually figure out what should we be working as long like four hours two hours uh we played for an hour and a half, and we were like two rounds in of five rounds. Mm. And at that point, we had to take a break because Katie had to run an errand or something. And then I think it took us another two hours. It says it only takes two hours, but you know, with the learning curve and everything, it was it was hefty. Next round is this a big box game or is it uh, minis it's, it's or is it cardboard? Chunky. What are we imagining? Uh, you know, it's it's about size of like a settler's okay. time. Maybe a little taller, right? But yeah, it was it was fun. There's just a lot going on, and there's a lot to keep track of. I'm not even gonna get into it. We have a video, <laughs> kind of an overview of it, so check that out. But yeah, it was fun. We, we want to try it again. Zhang Guo, Zhang Guo, you nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> Kevin, listen, what are you guys been playing recently? 
I'm playing a lot of prototypes that we can't talk about. Yeah, I was looking <laughs> at my list, and it's like unpolished prototype, unpolished prototype. They're not even in BGG yet. Mm. So, and then I'm having secrets mm. to think. I'm like, which one was that? <laughs> you know, in uh, the BG Stats app, you can actually put in the memo what the game was. Oh, that that's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Will and I got a classic game to the classic. table this last week. Monopoly. Hanabi. No, oh, okay. Oh, that's close. We haven't played this for a long time, a lot longer than it has since the previous time that we played. Like it seems like it, these plays get farther and farther between each other, but still enjoyed every minute of it. I feel like I've been secretly playing it without you. You must be that. <laughs> uh, it, hasn't, it hasn't been that long since I played it. Uh, my family had the opportunity to head out to Idaho to do a little snowmobiling with our business mentor this past week, and it was a great time. We actually, I packed a bunch of games with me, and we didn't get to play very many. Uh, but I always enjoy, whenever I'm introducing new people to gaming, uh, busting out Hanabi. It's a fun, as soon as you flip the cards around, people go, oh, what are we doing? And they're all excited. And uh, we had a great time introducing that to my buddy Tim. And he was ready to teach his wife immediately. He was like, oh, you're going to love this game. And she was like, I hate games. And he was like, I know, but you're going to love this one. And uh, we also got to play Trio with them. And I don't know who that's published by. Happy Camper. Happy Camper. And uh, if you're not familiar with that game, it's, I don't is it, the it is the same game. Is it the American version of? Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. So this the game style was published by a Japanese company, I believe, or Korean. Um, and it is the title of that one is Nana, and this is basically the same thing going on um, with a new name and in English in the U.S. Yeah, so I don't know if it's like an Americanized version of it or if it's just the same basic mechanics. But the game is pretty slick. It's a memory game where you have a deck of cards numbered 1 to 12. I think it's in three different colored suits. Or maybe each color is its own suit. And basically, you're just trying to collect three sets of three to win the game. But the unique part about the game is that when you play your cards to the table, or the way you play your cards to your table is on your turn, you say, Hey, Sarah, lay your lowest card. And she lays a two. And then I say, hey, Larry, lay your lowest card. And if it matches, if he also lays a two, I get another turn. And then I can say, hey, Will, oh, I knew I had the two in my hand already. Lay your lowest card. Now I have a set of three. I've scored one set for the game. And you basically play from both ends. You can either do your lowest card or your highest card. And if you're able to collect three sets before the end of the game, you win. Or if you get down to the middle or you get to that seven, and basically you collect the set of seven, whoever collects that set ends the game and wins it immediately. And it's it's neat because you have a little bit of luck in trying to figure out who might have the lowest card. You know that Ryan played his 12 last time, so maybe now his highest card's 11, so there's some guessing. There's also just a really great experience when the person before you doesn't remember who had the cards and then you pulled it out and you do get it and it's fun. It was a good time. So or yeah. when the person before you remembers where the sevens are and you had the last seven and wins the game before you. Oh, that's not That was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I I do have one gaming escapade. Uh, from this past week. Is that a new segment? (laughs) My mother-in-law came uh, for my wife's birthday, uh, which is Valentine's Day. So all of you who celebrate Valentine's Day, it is uh, also a great time to celebrate Katie's birthday. Anyway, my mother-in-law was there. We decided to play Old London Bridge with her because I believe she'd played it before. She doesn't think she has. But (laughs) we played. 
the way you play the game is you're trying to lay these uh, building tiles in your bridge and you're trying to go high to low. And uh, if you ever can't lay or you want to break the sequence and start over, you can draw a park, which doesn't do anything for you other than it just lets you no start points. over the sequence. Yep. Yeah, it does give you a symbol for the multiplier effect. They both took the high cards very first round. I was the last person to go. And all that was there was like things in the teens. So I drew a park <laughs> first round. As your starting what? point? Yeah. I, I was <laughs> like, may, maybe this is the best thing to do because I don't want any of these numbers. And, you know, maybe I'll be able to, they'll reveal something if right. I go late the next round and maybe I'll be able to get a high one. They didn't reveal anything high. It was all <laughs> teens. So I took another park. What? what is this strategy? So they, but the parks matched. I ended up winning by 15 points. Whoa. On the park strategy? Parks. It was crazy. What? I was like, what in the world? So it just goes to show you. You could pull out. Is that the Loki strategy <laughs> for uh, a crazy <laughs> win? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I felt it felt amazing. So, um, I I got to play Fun Facts. Uh-huh. It was a little bit of go. Um, but we went on a retreat with some of the people from our church, and we busted out Fun Facts. That's a good Boy, one. was that a hit. Was it? <laughs> oh, you won't believe it. I know um, the people from your church because oh. they're the same people that go to my church. <laughs> and some of them don't play games. So I was yeah. proud of you. Way to go. It was crazy. They loved it. Uh, two people ordered it on Amazon <laughs> right while we were at the retreat. It was it was a fun time. There was a lot of uh, challenging that people were trying to challenge <laughs> when we were saying that, uh, let's say, I could beat you in a... A uh, hundred yard dash. I think uh, I heard about this. <laughs> oh man! Or push ups. Uh, definitely were some challenges there. Did uh, they result in actual challenges? Like were their push ups done? Uh, or I just think, trash? Talk? I think somebody actually did do some push ups. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we obviously did the holding breath one. Okay. And we actually sat there and <laughs> I was terrible. My goodness, <laughs> I need to go swimming more. How much did you guess? Some- and how short did you fall? Oh. I didn't do it because I didn't guess very high. <laughs> the people that were co- were going for the high numbers, they went, uh, I think the highest was like th- high 30 seconds, 30, over 30 seconds, 35, 38, something like that. It wasn't like super duper long. Right. That's not long But we were like, you can't even do that. That's it? Wait. Change that. Sorry, it wasn't holding breath. It was keeping your eyes open without blinking. Oh, okay. I was like, well, <laughs> that, makes more more that, that makes more sense. That makes more I have recently challenged one of my kids to holding your breath underwater, and they can do 26 seconds. That's it. Oh, I can't I can do, do that. I can do like long. 90 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Easy. I don't think I could break a minute. I had to pull her up. Point. I thought she had drowned. So we should clarify <laughs> that in the game Fun Facts, you're not actually challenging each other to do it just happens you're naturally. just trying to um guess where you fall within the range of other people but since some of the cards do handle things like beating each other in arm wrestling or holding breath they can um <laughs> inspire people to actually figure out if they can do what they boasted. I will say that while factually Melissa is correct, I've actually never played a game where it didn't result in <laughs> some kind of challenge. We played it on Thanksgiving and I was like, oh, I could definitely be my brother-in-law at 100 Yard Dash, which is not true. However, I was second. I beat everybody else. 
I got beat out by all of our nephews that are now six foot. And I was like, I probably, they're probably going to beat me. Will they, though? They have to. Did you I say that you could beat them? I said I could beat one of them, uh, which I did. I oh, did okay. beat one of them, but not the other four. Um, Good we also, um, speaking of church, we had a family game night at church. It was geared towards kids. So borrowed some kids' games from the Tantrum Con Library, brought it, and people brought their games. So it was every, everywhere from Stratego to uh, someone's playing Flamecraft. Wow. So, yeah, it was all over the board. I believe that there were at least five copies of Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. That were brought, yes. <laughs> that people brought. And someone <laughs> left each their, their own copy. copy. <laughs> and and I don't know whose it is, but we inherited a copy <laughs> of that. So, yeah, it was uh, enjoyable. We played for a few hours. I brought my pitch car, which is always a hit, um, where you're flicking little wooden discs, uh, cars around the track and building the track out and the little the uh, elementary kids had fun. I'm not sure why I didn't realize this, but they had that at TantrumCon, and apparently, did we have two copies, or did people bring their own copies? We may have they, had... They put two copies yeah, together. one person brought theirs and then borrowed ours. Yeah, and so it was a massive track. That's it was cool. like two eight-foot tables. They had tables. a loop-de-loop, too, or do you know? Maybe. They had, a, they had a lot going on, and people were yelling and screaming. It yeah. looked like a great time. So a few years ago, the company or someone created a loop you know, a loop um, yeah. that was pretty cool that you could add to Pitch Car. I yeah. Buy. It, it probably wasn't on the table now that I'm picturing yeah, it, but it was a great-looking time. That's cool. Excellent. Well, we've got a couple of games to talk about in our Kickstarter conniption. Kickstarter Conniption! This episode, we'll be talking about three games coming to Kickstarter during the end of February, beginning of March 2024. We'll start us off. Ooh, all right, let's go. Uh, one of the games that we are excited about talking about is the game Galactic Cruise coming to you from Kinson Key Games. This is a game that we got introduced to at Tantrum Con last year during our prototank pitchathon, whatever we're calling it these days. And uh, right out of the gate, it was an interesting looking game. They had a lot of components going on. It's a fun idea. The idea is that you are doing everything involved in creating a, a cruise, but instead of it being in the ocean, it's in space. And so you're building rockets, you're launching them, you're finding customers, you're doing all kinds of cool stuff in the game. And since our first introduction, they have uh, come quite a, quite a good ways. They got Ian O'Toole to do their illustrations for them. The game box is gorgeous. The game board is massive. They've gone like crazy level on their components. In the game, one of the things that you're doing is it's a worker placement game at its core, and so you're placing your uh, different scientists and workers out on the board, and when you place them, you can take actions from the spot that you're on, or if you've built connections with the other spaces around you, you can take those actions as well, and you do that by placing these m mega chunky uh, <laughs> gear tokens. They're like the biggest wooden piece of board gamery I've seen in a while. And so you've got just a lot of things going on. It's got a huge table presence. The learning curve on it to, to like learn to play it is not that high. I think it is like the teaching curve. <laughs> it's definitely steep. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty meaty game. Uh, two to three hours probably, depending on your player count. And uh, there's a lot going on, but it is pretty sensical. Like each player gets their own little short manual, which is nice. And everything seems to be referenceable really easy. We've obviously 
been playing prototypes of the game because it's coming to Kickstarter. That's what we're talking about. Uh, but if you enjoy big board, uh, lots of stuff, worker placement that takes a little while to play, this is a one to four player game and really cool stuff. It's, I think it's going to be a hit on Kickstarter. I think people are going to really enjoy it. Uh, Ryan and Larry and I were just playing it earlier to this evening. Ryan, what were your thoughts on it? I still haven't figured out half of the game, but I feel like I'm doing well. Larry is playing my turns for me. Uh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, Ryan is way ahead on the board right and now. And also playing my own turns terribly. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, they're coming to Kickstarter on the 4th of March. So check that one out. Sarah, what are you looking at? Coming February 27th is the new version of Cascadia called Cascadia Rolling Hills and Cascadia Rolling Rivers. In this game, uh, there's two separate boxes, small boxes, and you will be rolling dice to collect an animal type that you'll add to your little tally sheet. And then you'll be trying to complete different habitats, spending those animals that you've already seen in the wild. So uh, this each box comes with four different ecosystem maps that you will or grids that you'll be using to fill out when you complete these. So it will have four different gameplay experiences in each of the boxes. And you can combine the boxes to play up to an eight-player game. So interesting. It has a feel of Cascadia because you are gaining the animals and then using them in the habitat so specific way. Um, but this is a different feel because it's a roll and write. So Kevin and I got a chance to play the easiest map in the Rolling Rivers. Mm -hmm. uh, so Sarah you know, got us into the game gently. Yep. We we're like, we've got this. And then we looked at some of the later maps and we we're like, oh, okay. This is where combos come in and this is where it really matters the order that you do things in. Mm -hmm. And yep. okay. So, yes, it, it does. It's jumping up in complexity. So there are three different difficulty levels among the four different um, pages that you use for the roll and write. And then there's also a family mode, which is a lot easier. And there's solo mode. And then there's also um, a few charts in the back of the rules that have different completion things that you can work towards marking off different scenarios. So, um, And I think those could be done on any type of gameplay. So you can check that out coming February 27th from Flat Out Games, Cascadia Rolling. Coming to Kickstarter on March 5th is everyone's favorite betting game, Ready, Set, Bet, the High Roller Edition uh, by AEG. Uh, this is, for those of you who don't know, a game for two to nine players, plays in about an hour. It's a game where you're live betting on a horse race. Real time. Uh, yeah, real time. Somebody's racing these horses and you're betting on it and it is super fun uh when you get tons of people around the table but they are coming with a high roller edition so deluxe components uh they're gonna have a luxury gaming experience every every component has comes been with real horses yes <laughs> mini horses mini ponies oh, in the box uh they have a bunch of oversized deluxe components too 
Uh, there's going to be a massive, a bigger betting mat, a bigger racetrack mat. Uh, they're going to have some premium poker chips. That's what I want. Uh, upgraded, bigger components, some Vegas-style dice. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of upgrades to this fun game. So if you like the original uh, Ready, Set, Bet... You probably want to check this one out. It really does make sense because the base, like the normal game is fine. The mechanics for it are good, but it does feel like I'm trying to roll these (laughs) dice, right? I'm trying to pick up the tiny little horse and slide him one, two spaces down the thing. This is the perfect game to deluxify because it already has the like Vegas feel. So you might as well give us real dice and real poker chips and it's going to be a good one. I'm excited about it. A game that I'm excited about, it'll be the Kickstarter will have ended but please go late pledge is the import collection from 25th century games. Uh, Chad Elkins is bringing hamster roll to the United States. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't played this, it's just a goofy, goofy game. There is a giant hamster wheel with little pegs and everyone will have some random pieces that you have to place on the roll and try and get it to keep moving without pieces falling off. When you say hamster wheel, you should define that as a giant wooden hoop. (laughs) Yes. But he's making it fit in a calyx, which the old one was huge, huge and published before calyxes were even a thing. So now the box will fit inside a normal shelf. Yeah, that'd be interesting. This is a fun one, especially to pull out of like conventions and stuff. It looks cool on the table. It, it's super easy to jump into. Uh, this will be a fun one. It will be fun for sure. Talk, to talk about something else that's a lot of fun, we do want to welcome a house guest into the house. We're hanging out today with Ted Ospaw from Bezier. Let's welcome him in. Hey! Ted, it's actually great having you in the house again. Welcome back. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's great. Well, we got to play some secret games tonight, which I wish we could talk about, but maybe in the future. But we can talk about some games um, that have already been announced from Bezier Games. And um, we want to talk about Sandbag first, which is a new trick-taking game from Bezier. Give us just a 30-second overview. What is Sandbag? Yeah, so Sandbag is a trick-taking game. It's a one, one of those where you don't want to take tricks for the most part, um, although there are certain circumstances where you do want to take tricks, and that can change around as you're playing. One of the most unique things about it is that the trump can change mid-trick. So the, there's there's usually a trump, and that trump, depending on how people play their cards, can be altered, and that's part of the kind of the, the tactic and the strategy as you're playing the game. So I um, we picked up a copy of this uh a pre-release copy of this at uh tantrum con and uh sort of was a sort of big deal tantrum con because we got to play this in a tournament tournament meals so that was kind of fun um thank you so much for busy being a part of that um where did like the uh, theme of sandbag come from so uh, a lot of people will well, they'll refer to sandbagging when you're playing cards which is to not play something you could play to take something and you're like going to hold off for a little while until later and people say well that's sandbagging and that was kind of the 
kind of the the impetus behind this game, which is to, gee, I don't really want this. I could take it, but I don't want it. I'm going to wait until the more opportune time to take something. And that compared with my love of Stickhound, which is one of my favorite trick taking games, which is a kind of similar sort of don't take this, don't, don't take tricks, um, sort of game, um, uh, got me to thinking like, how are there ways to avoid that? And Sandbag's all about this, this plethora of ways to avoid taking tricks, whether you're, when you start out, you're giving other cards to, to players that you think might take tricks. You've got some cards that you put face up in front of you. They're going to end up being Trump that you don't want to take. And then you actually have one or more sandbag cards that are face down cards that you're never going to play. Um, and then you have the ability to, to swap things around a little bit during the game to avoid that. And I just like that idea of you're doing everything in your power to avoid mm-hmm. taking cards. So did the theme like just come to you like right away after like the hot air balloon sort of theme? Well, it was right. It was right away because sandbagging is a term that we we use right. pretty often. Like, oh, they're sandbagging, and it's kind of a little derogatory sure, sort of I thing. Agree. Like, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I like you it, could though. win this, but you're not going to. <laughs> um, and so right away with sandbags, like, well. What are sandbags used for besides stopping floods, which I don't know how to make that work into a trick-taking game. But <laughs> for hot air balloons, it actually kind of made sense. Right. Um, and so uh, we thought about that. Then a little later, did a bit of research, because a long time ago, I went on a hot air balloon ride, and it was very, very loud. It's because they use those propane tanks, and you know they have a little lever that... Yeah. Like this, um, and it, the balloon goes up. But there's actually no sandbags on real, regular mm. hot air balloons that are used with that, because they just use the, basically this lever that shoots fire up into the balloon to heat it up, and then it goes up, and then they stop that, and it slowly drifts down. Um, instead, sandbags are still used, but in gas-filled balloons, like actual helium-filled okay. inflatable rubber balloons, okay. and they look really odd. They don't look as pretty as normal hot air balloons. So. So there's a bit of a technicality there that we have sandbags because we don't really use sandbags. <laughs> Although we found out from some people that they do the, they, they actually, some people will have them just for show because it looks nice because okay. people expect to see those. Um, but, but reality, it's actually gas balloons, which are kind of funny shaped. They're more round mm-hmm. and they just look a little odd. Um, and that's also the type of things like, you know, Hindenburg and things like that <laughs> have various types of gas that's potentially yeah. explosive. That's bad news. So. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy that Sandbag plays up to six players. Yeah. Um, and we've uh, been introducing it to some of our friends, and they've really enjoyed it. I think it might be one of my favorite like trick-taking games right now. Wow. So I've really, awesome. really been enjoying it. What's the... I, since we don't play fewer player fewer players, what's it low, lowest player count? Again? Three. You can play it with as few as three players. Okay. Three to six players. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy it at six players because there's a lot of those face-up cards and you can do a lot of the swapping. We introduced it to some friends the other night and there was definitely a few key terms turns where you could see the person maybe there was a rocket in the trick and that's going to give you a negative point so you want to take the trick and they were trying to figure out how can i win this trick and they're like oh i'll swap for the trump but oh no if i swap that card a different card become color becomes trump and then that gives the win to someone else so like really thinking through that i know you had mentioned how trump can change and and that is a very interesting part of the game yeah it's it's totally unexpected the first couple times you play that's really hard to 
get your head around the fact that, oh, okay, red's Trump. Well, someone has a Trump, and I'm allowed to swap cards. I'll swap for that card. But like you said, then suddenly, that's not Trump anymore. Something else is, and you're not going to win it anyway, and you've just wasted kind of a swap for nothing. Speaking of swapping cards, I have a, a rules question ah, fun. <laughs> about uh, with Sandbag. So what what is your take on uh, promises given um, in in this, so when I, when you say like, <laughs> would you swap for me? I'll do this for you. What's your? Have you come across that in Sandbag? I, I am totally. I, I don't even consider that a house rule. I okay. mean, I think that's that's kind of a. <laughs> it's a courtesy thing. It's like you know what? We're we're in this together. Okay. Whoever this other person right, is, right. we want to win. We don't want. We don't. Let's say you and Kevin, you and I do not want Melissa to win. Right. Clearly, right? <laughs> so we could do that. You say, you know what? I'll take this card from you if you promise to take this card from me. Okay. I think that's totally fine. Now, whether you honor that or not sure. when it's okay. your turn is something else. Well, but I, honored I am totally fine with that sort of discussion and collusion that okay. goes on. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Especially against someone who's going to win otherwise, possibly. <laughs> well, well. the other night, I was like, I need to get rid of this. I think it was like a blue six or something. Oh, yeah. Like a sixer? That's that's a lot of points. Yep. So I'm like, I need to get this away. I'm like, if you take my blue six, I'll get rid of your purple five. There we go. So it, it, yeah. didn't, it didn't work out how I thought it was, but the next player wanted to do this, this same, sort of same idea. So yeah. it worked out in my yeah. favor. So I would say that's less of a rules thing and that's more of a, okay. it's not even a house rule. It's kind of a, if you do that sort of discussions, you have that, which I'm totally good for. As long as it's not directed against me. That's if right. it's directed against me, then I would have to say I would veto it. I'd be like, like, no, 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 you can't do that. No, Kevin, don't, yeah. don't even suggest that. What are you thinking? So the next question um, about Sandbag is some strategy tips. Ah. So specifically about the rocket cards, where have you found the, the best way I have some ideas, but what are some of the best ways to use the rocket cards? So a lot of times, a lot of times it's the pass, oddly enough. So if, if I have a, if I have a really good hand of cards, like a bunch of low cards, and maybe I'm short pseudo already in something, yeah. I may go ahead um, on the pass and give one or more rockets to other players mm-hmm. because most of the time people tend to hold those in your hands because those are kind of your backup, like, oh, I have an emergency. I don't want to take this big set of cards, so mm-hmm. I'll play a rocket. Whatever, um, knowing that someone has a rocket in their hand is really valuable. And so, if you hand a rocket to someone and they did not put it out in front of them as a shared card, that can be absolutely huge because then you know where that rocket is and you can kind of plan for it a little bit. Maybe hold on to something that's okay. Trump, that's a high card, or something to be ready to play it just in case. I know that I have had some friends who like to put it in their basket. Yeah. As a incentive, incentive yeah. to uh, get people to. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't win. And again, if your cards are good enough that you don't think you need that rocket to yeah. avoid taking a trick, then okay. yeah, I definitely would put it in the basket. Okay. I would do that. It's great to have so that you don't take something. But if you feel pretty confident in your cards, although with Sandbag, you know, it's a lot of times, in fact, there was a game today we played where someone led a zero and won. You know, with it because I know. It, was, it was, I think, the third round, and there were a bunch of sandbags. People had a bunch of sandbags. Yeah. And so I think three of the six people played their sandbags. Yep. And that poor person who led the zero, zero kn- <laughs> won the trick. And they were not happy about that. I but know. That's, you know, that's, I think it was last night or the night before, and someone led with a one and they won with it. And they're like, I was not expecting yes. to win a trick <laughs> with a one. Yep. But it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, we the people we were playing with played a lot of other trick-taking games and it was definitely at least one round for them to get in their minds that for the most part they're not trying to take tricks yes they want to get rid of those high cards and all of that so um you could really see 
the wheels going yeah. in their brain as they were trying yeah. to figure it all out. I, I love that last, the last two or three tricks when you know there's still rockets out there. Oh, yeah. And you've got a high Trump and you're figuring out, like, what can I do and to avoid it? And all times, uh, maybe on that third to last one, I might take another card that could turn into Trump from somebody, mm-hmm. knowing that just to, just to ditch it out of the way to ensure that that high card I have in my hand is still Trump so that I have a shot at winning one of those rockets on the last, on the yeah. last thing. So. Very cool. It's a lot of fun things like that. Well, why don't we move to the other trick-taking game that has been announced from Bezier, and that's Xylitar. So this game is unique in that all your cards are um, in front of you, displayed in sort of a tableau. And um, every so you can sort of see all the different colors that people have in front of them because it, you have... How many different suits are there? There's eight suits. Yes, there's a lot of different... Uh, colored suits in the game and on the backs of those cards it tells you the range mm-hmm. of those numbers and then you're as you're playing so regular trick taking game as you're playing those cards um you're you know if you're trying you're trying to win the tricks and the high card uh, high card wins in red or four and five player reds always trump yeah reds always trump for yeah. four or five players I've not in, played it uh, that, so i always think three reds players trump. <laughs> it's uh yellow is trump because okay. you take out some of the suits take out the other suits so um, we found uh, this to be an easier, um, more and en- more of an entry uh, level trick taking yes. game. So, so uh, Kevin didn't even say the really trippy thing about this one is you don't know what the cards are oh, in front right. of yeah. you yeah. because the player next to you has looked at them, arranged them from low to high, and then you only see the backs. So you do know they go from low to high, but you don't know the exact numbers. Yeah, Yeah, and a lot of times you you have an an estimation of what they are, but until you start flipping a few cards over, you're really never sure. And you need a bigger, and I will say, you need a little bigger table space for this one. Yeah, yeah. We we tried to make it, it, it's kind of that that weird thing of, you know, this table we have in front of us right now is like three by three, Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much the minimum size of something you can have. You can play it on a six foot, like a typical convention banquet table, and two people next to each other, there's Mm -hmm. enough room. Um, but yeah, it does take up a lot of space because you want to put those cards next to each other and you don't really, it doesn't look as aesthetically pleasing if they overlap. So it'd be nice to have them, but you can overlap them if you have a smaller okay. table. That's good to know. It That's still good. works. Because yeah. they do look like the keys yes. of the, the xylophone. xylotar. Yes. Now, is that a made up term? Is So it is and it isn't. It's funny. Um, there actually were some people, there's, there's, there's like a, someone made a song called xylotar. Um, there is no actual physical xylotar that we know of. We have made one that we are bringing to Gen Con, okay. which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, but a xylotar is literally, it's a, the idea is it's a xylophone that you wear like a guitar. So just like a guitar is a piano that you wear as a guitar yeah. that you can rock around with and yeah. dance with or whatever. Uh, a xylotar is that, except that you have sticks instead of your fingers playing the things. So well, I know that sort of the backstory is this polar bear, which is yeah. a little... Yep. He he couldn't play the xylophone. Well, it's a polar the bear. His, his paws the are too big. He couldn't play the guitar. He, well, he, he he didn't even want a guitar. He wanted a keytar. So he saw uh, he, he saw Howard Jones in concert, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Oh my god, a keytar! That's the best, right. awesome music thing ever." And he realized it just doesn't work for him because he's a big giant polar bear. Right. But he could hold two sticks. How can he hold two sticks if he doesn't have posable thumbs? Let's let's look at the details. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just has really big paws. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, so he's got the sticks, and he can certainly smack out those okay. notes that okay. way. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he had what custom one made, but unfortunately, the the manufacturer had some sort of he, untimely death happen mm. right at the same time that the polar bear went to pick up his xylitar. Gotcha. And of course, the Canadian authorities don't look fondly upon polar bears in general. Yeah. Um, they are discriminated against in Canada, unfortunately. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. No. Um, I mean, just because they kill things yeah, and people, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> the, the point is, he figured he was going to be a prime suspect, so he fled off into the night. And this game is you finding basically the instructions on how to make a xylitar, and everyone is trying to make a xylitar that sounds as good as it would have if it was made back in the 80s. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, and this is, like you said, this is going to be sort of. Um, Released at Gen Con? Yes, this will be at Gen Con. And remind me, Sandbag is... Sandbag will be at Origins. Okay, so two summer releases, one early summer, one late summer. Yes. Cool. Um, Any other questions about Xylitar, Melissa? Uh, I don't think I have any other questions. I I think one thing to mention with the game is at some point during the game, you have to use one of your cards as a kind of a bid of Mm -hmm. betting how many Mm -hmm. tricks you think you're going to take during that game. But again, you, it's not just any card. You look at two of your cards and you have mm-hmm. to use one of those two. And if you don't guess correctly in that range, you're like, oh, I think I'm getting a four and a five. And you look and it's like a seven and eight. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or when you're turning a card over and you think it's a high card and it's a low card and you know all yes, the other suddenly cards. Everything changes. Your perspective of the world changes. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else knows. Yeah. Like, oh, Kevin only has fours left. Fours are lower. Yep. It, it's kind of kind of interesting. So, well, cool. Yes. Anything else, Ted, that you'd like to share about no, I, we're, we're games? We're super excited about both of these games coming out. Um, they just, they're both totally, I think, unique ways of looking at trick-taking games. There's been a lot of interesting trick-taking games coming out, and we're glad to be just a part of that with, with these. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing these and some other games coming um, in the Bezier line in the near future. Thanks again, Ted. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Lots of fun hanging out with Ted in the house. I was sad that he didn't make it to TantrumCon this year. We got to hang out and actually play with him last year at TantrumCon. But, you know, he made up for it by coming to actually see us and hang out at the house, which was fantastic. Uh, be sure to tune into our Saturday morning board game show coming up, too, because I think... If that hasn't already happened, I don't know when this episode goes live. Uh, I think we're going to have him hang out with us at the house for that, too. We'll get a segment in there, and uh, should be lots of fun. Always a good time. Thanks, Ted, for making the trip out. So now we're doing our last segment of the night. Yeah, which is b- made up met, on the spot. Met Will and Sarah, Sarah's um, Snowpocalypse Adventures. Sure, why not? We can talk about that. Uh, my family and I, as I mentioned earlier in the episode. And Jonah. And Jonah. Oh, yeah, but he's not here to talk. We had Jonah sleeping right he is pretty worn out we might have made his whole family sick did did you get back (laughs) yesterday we did last night yesterday we woke up at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) (laughs) to drive through the snow and ice through west yellowstone up to big sky area and up to bozeman to get on the plane one of three to make it back Three to South Carolina. <laughs> I do fortunately get great naps, so I had no problem sleeping on each plane on the way home. Uh, but yeah, we had a really awesome opportunity to go hang out, do a little business, and have a lot of fun. Uh, this is the second time we've made this trip, and snowmobiling is super cool. If that's not on your bucket list, you need to check it out, because I didn't realize how fun it actually was until we did it. 
just cruising through some majestic mountainscapes uh, in Montana and Idaho. And get to do with our kids this year was super fun. We uh, stayed in a great little cabin and got to hang out and some, you know, play some games, do some hot tub and do some eating at the local restaurants. We went to one place where you can only get to this restaurant by riding a snowmobile to the restaurant, which was pretty crazy. I don't know how they actually get the food there, but I had a great meal with some friends and met some new people and had some fun. They have to take it by sled behind the snowmobiles. Oh. Is I I did happen to see one of those sleds in town, um, not too far from where this restaurant was the day before. Not so a dog sled. You probably could dog sled it in. I never saw any dog sleds in Idaho, but I did see the snowmobile sleds. I saw a dog. I saw a wolf. We saw some wildlife while we were out there. Not as much. Last year we saw a bunch, but I think we did see some deer. Maybe, was it an elk from far away? Oh, we saw some moosins. How do you say moose again? Moosins? Plural. What's the plural of moose? Moose. 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 We saw two mooses in a river, which is pretty neat. Um, Yeah, really great time. One thing that I did that I haven't done in a while is that I watched a movie on the plane, and I forgot how good the movie Dungeons and Dragons... The Hero Quest or whatever it's called. The the Thieves of Lore. Anybody, anybody else see that one? Thieves? Honor <laughs> Among Thieves. You see that one? <laughs> Those are all the sequels. I've seen it twice. Those are the sequels I was just listing. I forgot how good of a movie that was. I remember watching it when it first came out and I thought, wow, this is, this is a lot of fun. And I remember like working really hard as I was watching the movie to like catch all the references. Like, oh, I know this location. Oh, he's definitely got a bag of holding, even though they haven't actually said it out loud. Like all this different stuff. This time I just watched it in between naps and uh, just enjoyed the comedy and the action. I was like, man, this fight scene is choreographed way better than I remember being. This is so good. Look at the CG dragon. This guy looks great. I didn't actually finish the movie because our plane landed. And I was like, ah, oh, hey, when that happens. I need to go back and finish watching it because it was a great, great movie. Good times. Getting a little showtime in there. I tried to watch a few other movies and I didn't get much watched, but I did play some games with our kids on my phone. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Board games or? Um, No. One was a programming game let, trying to land airplanes. But on other, the airplane? On the airplane, yes. All right. Um, no, the funniest thing that happened was we, I sat next to our youngest son who has not flown only, but a couple times and the flight attendant was coming around passing out something and they had already meant the pilot had already come on before we even took off and said, there's probably going to be a lot of turbulence on our flight today. So just be prepared, which there was a lot of turbulence on two previous flights uh, it was just very windy across the entire United States. So when the pilot tells you beforehand, buckle up, you probably <laughs> need to buckle up. And Xander didn't see what the flight attendant was walking up behind us passing out. He goes, Mom, is he already passing out barf bags? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he's passing out headphones. <laughs> but I laughed out loud. <laughs> Getting ready, yeah. Everybody was fine. And there was actually pretty minimal turbulence <laughs> compared to the other flights. Going back to the movie experience on the airplane, are you using it on your own device now? I think when I... <coughs> Whoa, oh, that's like you're getting all choked up, Will. 
because <laughs> I almost died. It seemed like most of the fights we've been on, it's like you have to like use your own device. This one was actually on the screen in front of me. Okay. I watched another movie on my phone because, yeah, you did have to download it onto your phone. This one was weird. It was like direct TV. So it wasn't like choose whichever movie you want. It was like the movie starts at 8 and then the oh. next movie starts at 10. Oh, and weird. so the main reason I picked it is because it was starting right as the plane launched. Okay. And I was like, oh, I mean, I've seen this before, but it's just starting. I'll gotcha. watch this one. And yeah, it was interesting. So Melissa and I were like, "Oh, make sure we bring like an iPad so that we can actually big enough to see, see it, the, see the movie on a screen." My and least favorite sure. thing is that they don't. There's no comfortable way to do this because oh. if you hold it in your lap, then your neck hurts by the end of the so flight. Melissa if you hold gotten, it up, your arm is like sore. Melissa has found some things on Amazon to like rest your phone in. Yeah. Or, I usually, uh, the last time I managed to like balance it on top, I pulled the like instructions on how to escape the plane right. out. I bent it forwards out of the back of the pocket, right. rested my phone on it and leaned it. Oh, and yeah. then until the turbulence hit, it was great. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think one of the flights we were on last time actually had a phone holder. Yes, we've had, we've had those and we've had ones for iPads as well. iPads or phones. It just depends on the plane that you get. Gotta get that quality upgraded experience for the phone holder. I'm assuming you just had like, um, did you even have like a lunch or dinner on the plane? Uh, no, I think it okay. was definitely just snacks. They got okay. the new chocolate quinoa cookies though. Okay, well, pretty good. <laughs> it wasn't just nuts. Some of the some of the trips we've gotten a little biscoff, like the the butter cookie butter. Um, yep, I think snacks. I had some of those. Those are fun. The guy who sat beside me on the flight where I was watching the show was, uh, I think, German, and the lady came and she was like, she said it like really fast, like pretzels. There was like three options, pretzel, fruit bar, quinoa, something like that. And he looked at her and said, mm, I don't speak English. <laughs> and, and he said it. And he said, I don't speak English very clear. <laughs> I do not speak English. Yeah. And I said, snacks? And he said, oh, I understand snacks. <laughs> and I was like, I've helped him. I've, I've been like a servant to the people beside me on the plane. When we came back from London, they gave us like a high tea, like a box of mm-hmm. like food. That was yeah, kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. Even though plane food is like not good, right. just the fact that you get to eat it on the plane somehow makes it decent. <laughs> My favorite is the Stroop waffles heading into Amsterdam. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. Katie and I flying from Scotland to it was like Belgium or the Netherlands or something before flying back across the Atlantic. Air France served us butter and cheese sandwiches. And now occasionally Katie and I will randomly have what we call f- the French sandwiches. The French sandwiches. <laughs> French toast and French sandwiches. <laughs> they got all the bread things going on. Man. I feel like international flights have way better food than uh, domestic flights. Oh, yeah, for sure. D- domestic flights are like... I don't even know what it is. Pretzels. Tuna and... Yeah. Like, we might give you a drink. <laughs> right. Uh, I've definitely... I had some great hot tea. I think that might be my new go-to plain drink. A little hot tea, a little bag, a little sugar. Mm, that was a great time. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back. Yeah, glad to be back. Glad to get a bunch of games to the table. While we were gone, we received... We might have to start doing, like, unboxings or something. We got, I don't know, several games in the mail. One of those was the Cascadia game, and uh, it was like Christmas. We got home, and poof, four boxes of games to unpack at the house. So we should have a bunch of new content coming out for you guys very soon. On all fronts, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Uh, If you only listen to our podcast and you don't watch us on YouTube, I would like to know that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Send an email to will at tantrumhouse.com. <laughs> That's right. That'd be crazy. Uh, you can join us on the first Saturday of every month for our Saturday morning board game show. And then most Thursday evenings, we're playing games on our YouTube channel. So we'd love to have you tune in live and hang out with us and say, hey, until one of those, though, have fun gaming. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650. Plus, I think. Have you all seen the Star Wars, not a Star Wars movie, Rebel Moon? What? Oh, we have seen it. Yeah. yeah. The part one. Katie and I may have laughed the hardest in a long time watching I Rebel would... Moon, but not because of the movie, because of watching the Honest trailer. Oh. <laughs> this meeting afterward, they were so spot on. Oh, those uh, good with the critiques, it was great. Yeah, because you were like, this movie doesn't need yeah. to exist. It was okay. They're like one of the great comments was uh, he pitched it to Lucasfilm apparently as a possible Star Wars movie, and they were like, "No." And these are the people who made <laughs> <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> like it was, it was good. <laughs> well, now I kind of, kind of want to watch it. <laughs> Rebel Moon. Yeah, the 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 visuals and some of the sci-fi elements I felt were really good. Um, there was like some blurry camera work, but like the story and dialogue could have yeah. been been it written. Someone could have <laughs> like, the whole two and a half hour movie, or however Ooh. long it was, like the very like last scene was like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So there's a part one and a part two, and someone said that there's like another hour or two that was just cut from the movie, the Snyder cut. <laughs> and I was like, that would explain so much if. Like there was actually a story in this movie, uh, <laughs> but they just cut it all out <laughs> or left it all in part two. They look, they, so we'll they have they to cut see. the story out. Where where can I find this Netflix. at? Is this it's a Netflix? Netflix? It's a Netflix show. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> I endorsed. <laughs>